This morning, uh, we are going to do a mini series here in church, just this Sunday and next Sunday. And it comes out of a message that Pastor John actually preached at our Powerhouse Conference. It was opening night. The name of his message was called The Wilderness Test. And he talked about how in life we will go through a wilderness season, seasons, <laughs> maybe more than one. And, um, you know, so. Uh, often throughout the Bible, we can see stories where God gives a promise or he will um, put purpose or a calling on someone's life, but then take them through a season of wilderness or uh, the opposite happens or just testing times happen. And uh, before they walk into their promise or what God has called them into. And uh, it was a great message. It's actually on our podcast. So you, I encourage you all go back and listen to it. I mean, not go back unless you were actually in Powerhouse Conference, but go and listen to it. It's called The Wilderness Test. It's on Spotify. You can download it. It's great. And it uh, will help give context of what I'm going to share about today. But basically, Pastor John said, while we're in the wilderness, uh, there is three things that we can be to help us get to the other side, help us while we're in there. And it's to be a servant-hearted, worshipping warrior. Servant-hearted, worshipping warrior. And so this mini-series that we're doing today and next week is called Worshipping Warriors. Worshipping Warriors. And uh, Pastor John explained this, but I'll try and recap. He did it so well. But uh, what a wilderness season can look like for us, and maybe today you might relate to something. You might be there right now. Or uh, Pastor John said this in his message. He's like, if you're not there now, save this for later because it might be around the corner or coming, which, uh, you know, is kind of encouraging, kind of not. But basically what a wilderness season can look like is uh, it's a God-ordained season to prepare you for his purpose and promises. It can be a season where God feels distant, where there might be extra pressure. I call it, it could be the long waiting for the breakthrough you've been praying for. You may feel stuck in your life, might feel dry. You might feel uh, overlooked or forgotten. It might be increased temptation, particularly in the sense of you want to do things in your own strength. You may want to get ahead of God. You may uh, may be frustrated, frustrated with where you are at. There may be um, an attack or there's lack. <clears throat> there's lack in your life. You may feel under attack. Uh, it may be health, family, finances. And I often feel like in this season, and I, I've gone through these seasons or am still <laughs> haven't perfected the season yet, but uh, I often feel like in those seasons, you can feel deeply discouraged. You can feel very discouraged maybe anxious also, especially whenever we feel distant from God. It can be disappointing. It can be tough. And so I won't get you to raise your hand, but who's there today that (laughs) might be feeling that way? No. (laughs) No. And uh, I just want to encourage you that good things come out of these seasons. Great things come out of these seasons, in fact. And The good thing is, and if you take anything from my message today, it's that it is a season and all seasons have an end date. Like I find it so amazing in, because I was originally from Queensland where it's kind of like summer and then slightly less summer and then more summer, humid, rain, 
more summer. And um, <laughs> I found it so amazing moving to Melbourne that it's like almost on the day, like 1st of September, the air feels different. It's like somehow down here, it's just like all of a sudden spring is here and the birds know it, the flowers know it, just everyone goes 1st of September, like boom, warm weather. And it's the same with our wilderness season. There is an end date to what you're going through. It won't last forever. This isn't your life forever. Unfortunately, some people we can read in the Bible and who I'm going to be talking about today, I'm going to be talking about Moses and the Israelites who went through 40 years, literally in the wilderness, (laughs) in the desert. But for you and I, (laughs) there will be an end date, hopefully sooner than 40 years. And so uh, this morning, if you've got your Bibles with you, turn to Exodus, Exodus chapter 17. I love this moment in the Bible. So this is Moses. He's leading a group of people called the Israelites and they've been rescued out of Egypt. God has given them a great promise. They've been slaves for 400 years in Egypt. And uh, so slavery is all they've ever known until God sends Moses and says, I'm gonna rescue these people, the Israelites, and I'm gonna give them their own home, their own country, land, city that they can live and be at peace and no longer be slaves. And so God gives them this promise. He miraculously delivers them out of Egypt. If you've seen the movie, Prince of Egypt, we're talking about that story, great movie. Um, And so Now they're out of Egypt, but they're in the wilderness. God's trying to do something in these people so that they learn to trust God. They learn to go to a deeper level with um, knowing who, how big and um, how great God is. And also just to get the slavery off them and the confidence in them to be people of God. And anyway, it takes 40 years, but we're at the beginning, the earlier years of this. And they're in the desert. They're in a place called, uh, we'll, we'll just read it. So, I'm going to read from verse, what did I say? Verse 8. So the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcome the Amalekite army with the sword." Hey, before we go any further, let's pray. Why don't you close your eyes? Father God, we just commit these next few moments to you, Lord. God, we just pray right now, Jesus, through the Word of God, that you would speak to us. Father, that you'd bring Scripture and the power of the Word of God alive to us today, Father. I pray that you help us, Lord, that each of us would leave today just a little bit closer to you, God, knowing more about you, Father. And Lord, I just pray that you'd use me to speak to people today. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. Here we have this amazing, amazing situation where the poor Israelites, they'd been wandering, walking through the desert. They, if you read the chapter before, they, the verses before, they just set up camp 
And the Bible says, while they were weary and tired, this army, the Amalekites, decided to come and start attacking their, uh, their, their people. And so Moses' response, I love Moses' response. He said, Joshua, you go fight. I'm going to go up on the hill and seek God. <laughs> I'm going to go up there, lift my hands, look to God, pray, worship, be with him. And uh, I love that he does this. He retreats and goes to the mountain. You know, unfortunately, even when we become Christians, God never promises us an easy life. He never promises us that no troubles will come our way. Life will go smooth and and even, unfortunately, as Christians, we can face some very tough things, some very unexplainable things that just are unexplainable. They're just, uh, you know, heartbreaking or, or confusing or tragic. And, you know, sometimes I even personally wrestle with, I know, God, you can answer this prayer, so why didn't you? Or I know you can do this, but why not? And, you know, he doesn't promise us a smooth life, but he does promise to always be with us. He does promise to, whether we feel it or not in the wilderness, He does promise to give us the strength to go on. And we can face big things with God and He will get us through to the other side. We weren't meant to fight battles alone. In fact, this is one of my biggest things, being a believer, knowing that Jesus is with me and experiencing the, this power of God fighting our battles for us is that um, I don't know how people do life alone <laughs> without God. Like we said this so much during um, lockdown. I don't know how people are getting through lockdown without Jesus, without the presence of God. And maybe today you might be new here and um, I feel there might be someone here today and you've been doing life alone and um, you might be weary and tired and I want you to know that God can come alongside you. He can make things easier, change things around you. He's a real powerful God. And so we weren't um, meant to fight our battles alone. In fact, the Israelites, the odds were so far against them. Like I said, 400 years of slavery. They weren't built soldiers. Like I don't even know if they had an army ready to go fight these people. It might've been Joshua and just come on, men, pick up your forks, let's go. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, they weren't a well-skilled battle. In fact, Moses was probably the one who had a bit of um, idea how to fight compared to the others. And so the odds were against them. Yet they overcome through Moses' actions of finding a posture up on the hill with God, arms raised to him, and he did this great victory for him. Like Moses, God can do the same for you and I. I don't know, this might relate to you as well, but often when we're in the wilderness is when the attacks come, the battles come. Like, you know, in Hollywood where it's like in the movies, everything goes wrong. And then someone says, oh, at least it's not raining. And then all of a sudden it like rains. And then the secondary character's like, oh, you had to say it. Like, Often life can feel like that. It's just one thing after another. All in one month, just all hell can break loose, it feels like. And um, I feel like this was the Israelites. They're already in the wilderness. I can just imagine Moses being like, God, are you serious? We just got out. I just gave them water. They were complaining about that earlier. And now we're being attacked. Anyway, God does something in us in these times and he is with us. And so I've got just two points for us today. My first one is that battles are won when we worship. Battles are won when we worship. Worship is more than singing songs. 
It's so powerful. We find victory as we sing, as we make God bigger. That's what worship is. It's making God bigger. Our battles get smaller and smaller. We get strengthened. Uh, Supernatural things happen when we worship. Like I've heard someone say that as we worship, like angels are released on our behalf. And uh, I want to go to another story in the Bible. This is in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This is similar. A king called Jehoshaphat, same thing. Armies, the Bible says a vast army is coming towards them and their people. And so Jehoshaphat, he calls the nation, he calls the people to pray and fast. He then goes to the temple the house of God, and he worships. And you can read, I'm not going to read it today, but you can read beforehand in chapter 20. He's there declaring who God is and saying how big he is and how, and he he says, you've rescued us from Egypt. You've done this miracle. You've done this. This is who our God is. And he says, help us, help us, God. And a prophet gets up and he says, listen, King Jehoshaphat. Sorry, this is verse 17. Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You will not have to fight this battle. Sorry, I'm skipping to verse 17. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshipped before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohohites and the Korahites <laughs> stood up and praised the Lord. There's a lot of worship in this whole passage. The God of Israel uh, worshipped the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Verse 21, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord sent, uh, Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab at Mount, and Mount Seir, all who were invading Judah and they were defeated. It actually goes on to say they didn't even have to lift a weapon. They just stood there and sang while the uh, army in front of them got defeated by op- like other armies. Basically, as, the, as these people of Judah were singing and praising God, things were happening behind the scenes. God was sending opposite, opposition armies to fight their battles. It goes on to say that they ended up walking around after the battle and collected all the plunder and uh, all the riches and all the things of uh, the people. And so something happens when we praise God. Something happens when we worship God. I don't really know how to explain it. It's supernatural. It's actually beyond natural. I think you would think uh, out of all these stories, that's not um, wise or the way of the world just to be like, oh, I need to pick up my sword and shield. Oh, no, instead I'm going to sing and have instruments and send the musicians in front like these poor, go the worship team. <laughs> Out you go. <laughs> uh, you're going up in front. But, but it's powerful. Look what God can do while we do this, while we worship and give thanks. I have um, this memory that um, we... Years ago, we did this all night of prayer and fasting. 
as a church. And again, this is on the Sunshine Coast and it was awesome. It started on a Friday and we ran youth. Dan and I used to be the youth pastors and we ran youth and then we uh, did this, like literally it was like 9 a.m. to 6 a.m., uh, 9 p.m., sorry, to 6 a.m. of um, like people in church and it was so much fun. It was so cool and um, it was like Red Bull was like, a buffet of Red Bull and coffee and snacks. Anyway, it was so good. Or maybe it wasn't a fast then. Maybe it was just praying because I definitely remember Red Bull. But anyway, anyway, it was so good. And we, we ended our uh, we ended that prayer meeting with like a big shout of praise. And we just like worship God. And, and just down the road from our church building on the Sunshine Coast is the Sunshine Coast Hospital. And they had just built it or were finishing building it. And the hospital has two massive water tanks. Like I'm talking huge, like absolutely massive. And on that day when we had this all night of prayer and worship, just down the road, we like weren't aware of this until we all like came out of the prayer meeting at 6 (laughs) a.m. The one of the tanks had exploded and uh, two point, what was it? I wrote it down. 2.7 million liters of water in this tank just flooded. And thankfully one car got washed away off the road, but no one was hurt. There was no, like, thank God no one was hurt. And um, I was looking at it last night being like, oh, the memory was coming back to me. And, you know, they took the, they took Lend-Lease to court about it. They took um, the construction, the builders to court. They took the engineers to court. No one got charged guilty because their fault is still a little bit unknown. Now, I know it could just be coincidence. Like, it probably is. But for me as a little young lady in church, knowing the power that our praise has to shake physical things is actually a real thing. It can happen in our life. And the power, again, could just be coincidence. But it was such a cool moment of me to come out of such an amazing time with God and go, wow, like things can happen. (laughs) Who knows what happens when we're here every Sunday praising God, when we're at our revival prayer meetings on Tuesday nights, every week, arms raised, battles are won. More than songs. Like Moses, when we fight battles, when we're in the wilderness, we need to position ourselves as a worshiper our hands raised, and we can't give up of this posture. No matter how discouraged things can get, hard things can get, no matter how distant God can feel, we never want to lose that posture of worshipping and exalting our God. This is my second point is this, that worship strengthens us. Worship strengthens us. Something happens to us when we worship. You know, it's our true nature that God created all of us Uh, to have is to worship and have this experience with God. There's nothing like it on this world, nothing else like it except for uh, these moments that we have with us. And, you know, worship is powerful, fights our battles, but it also does something to us, our thoughts, our minds. It changes the way we think, the way we see things. Worship flushes out the lies, negativity, the discouragement washes off. And we'll have a moment later um, in the service and we're going to just have a moment to worship. And I really feel like someone here today who's carrying discouragement, it will wash off as we exalt our God and we worship Him. I can often, I felt I needed to say this as well, is that often in the wilderness, religion can sneak in. And I felt like this, that if I'm feeling stuck, distant from God, 
or I'm like praying for something that's not happening, my mind can go to, oh, uh, maybe I don't have enough faith. Maybe I'm not good enough. I haven't prayed enough. Maybe God doesn't love me. Maybe there's sin in my life. That's why I can't feel God. That's why he's distant. And, you know, God can softly and gracefully correct us. And he does do that. But Sometimes we just need to get to a posture. Sometimes I just have to shake that off and go, you know what, I'm just going to worship. And God can correct me if there's something wrong in my heart and my life. And he does. But for now, I'm just going to worship. And worship just flashes away religion, even, heaviness. Psalm 103 says this. This is verse 1. And this is a, this is a praise song to Jesus. This is worship. He said, praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. You know, David who wrote this must have felt a bit like what I was saying. He's actually telling his soul, like shake off the discouragement, the, the um, fear, the negativity, whatever it is, shake it off. And my soul, he's telling my mind, my soul, like praise God, like think of how good God is. Remember his benefits. Remember, praise his holy name. He's, he's, he's singing, but he's also telling his soul to worship God. If we can get to a place of worship like this, we will win every battle. We will overcome. Like, not much will be able to keep us down. If whatever we face in life, we can get to the point where we can stand and say, God is good. I worship his name. He is higher than all else. He is bigger than every problem. This was a big, this is probably my main lesson that I learned out of lockdown. I know I was like, oh, again, I don't want to talk about lockdown. But this was um, a big lesson for me because that was a wilderness for all of us, right? We literally were stuck <laughs> at home, <laughs> not much happening. And I just remember um, I was annoyed that we were in lockdown. And so I was like, I'm going to have some, here's my faith, here's miracles that I'm believing for. And I'm just going to go after them. And I was like, God's so big that no lockdown can stop us from doing this, this and this. And, and uh, it was good. You know, that's, that's a good thing to do. And I was praying, praying, praying. I just remember one morning God stopped me and he was like, Ebony, if none of that happened, would you still worship me? If lockdown never ended, oh, would you still worship me? <laughs> he basically, and I just remember hearing these words, am I enough? Am I enough? And it completely changed my quiet time through this season. And there are seasons, there's seasons, and this is part of Pastor John's message, there's seasons where we've got to fight, there's seasons where we've got to heal and rest, and then there's seasons where we've got to worship. And for me, this was God saying, look, right now, just worship me just because. And I remember I changed the way I did, did my quiet time to just starting with thanksgiving like thank you God and some days it was very creative because not much was happening so I was like thank you God for the uber eats we had last night and thank you God that um oh, yeah thank you for my husband that's like driving me crazy no <laughs> no just joking no literally literally I was like thank you God for my warm bed I slept in last night food on my table like God you are good wow like you are providing for me and and that was tough. That was hard because I was fed up, like all of us being <laughs> locked down. But that's why it's called a sacrifice of praise. That's why worship during the wilderness is so powerful. 
That's why God calls us to go up the mountain and take this posture in hard times as something changes in us. And honestly, we like that just changed everything for me for the rest of my day. Every time I did that, I got joyful. I got reminded that this was just a season, that my God's bigger, that good things are coming. It just changed so much when I would just start to say how good God is. I would remind myself, yes, it's about you know, expressing our love to Jesus, but so much of it actually is reminding ourselves who God is. Is He enough? Can you worship Him in the wilderness? It will strengthen us. I'll actually ask the band to come join me because uh, we'll keep moving. But while Moses was in the wilderness, he would often retreat and go up to the mountain to meet with God. This was his place where he would talk with God, meet with Him, express His love to Him, worship Him. I want to ask you, where is your mountain with God? Where do you go to seek Him? For me, it's, uh, I've got like a little like walk-in wardrobe that's in between our bedroom and ensuite. That's my place. That's my mountain that I go and I worship God. I want to really encourage us today that You might be in a wilderness or facing a battle. I want to ask you, where's your worship at? Is your worship bigger than the stress of your problem? Is it greater? And where is that place for you? Where do you go to meet with Jesus? Where's your mountain where you can go and take that posture? And even when it's like those days where you're just like, oh my gosh, maybe so overwhelmed, so discouraged, I want to encourage you to retreat And yes, there may be urgent matters that you have to fix, but I want to encourage you, retreat, go to the hill, lift up your hands, take the posture of worship, exalt him. Like Moses, you know, I love that. This paints a picture because we can just read it. Like we read it in one minute of this victory. But obviously it took a long time because so long that Moses, who probably was very strong, (laughs) uh, his arms got heavy It took a long time. It wasn't just, oh, I did it once. I did it here on Sunday at church. I worshiped God once. Yay, victory's going to happen. No, we've got to stand there. We've got to wait. This is a posture that we uh, need to persevere in, to hold. And I want to encourage you that this is the power of church. Of those weeks or those times where you're like, my arms are too heavy. The battle's too great. I can't worship on my own. Let's be real. It can be a little bit awkward worshiping on your own, listening to yourself sing, (laughs) unless you're Ash and Carleen. No. (laughs) Uh, That's why church is so powerful because it's easy to worship when we're together. That's why Sundays are so good. I want to encourage you, like, don't miss, um, like, coming to church on time because the first song is praise. And that's that's our war cry. That's where battles are won. And so I want to encourage you that if you, maybe for you to start, it's like this, those times, those minutes in church is a priority because you can't do it alone. You can't lift your hands alone. For a season, you need your church family to help. You need the worship team to help lead you. I also want to encourage you, revival prayer is this. Revival prayer we run on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. and we just worship for more than half of it is just waiting on God, worshiping, and then we pray and we do, we do the worshiping warrior thing. We, we intercede on 
our church and situations. And maybe that's a place where you need someone to help you go to that deeper place, the deeper place of the presence of God where you can talk and worship. I actually saw a picture when I was preparing this that I saw someone picking up their guitar and finding their mountain in their home, their place to meet with God and just singing their own songs, their own worship. And I felt like maybe someone you used to do that, that used to be your thing and you, you've stopped doing that. I see worship coming back to you in a new way and you're going to see just battles won. You're going to see things turn around just as we exalt God and we worship Him. It's powerful. Our God is so good. He's so real. He's so amazing. Like literally things can change as we worship Him. And so this morning we're going to have a moment of worship, just a short moment. And yeah, I felt today that as we sing, as we worship, I saw discouragement wash off people. I saw joy coming back. I see like fresh faith coming to people as we exalt God, as we tell them how good He is. Fresh faith coming for you to get through your wilderness, get through your season. That particularly someone who may, I feel like there's someone who just got news of a health problem in your family or in your body. And I see faith coming to you today. It's, it's maybe rocked you a bit. It's kind of been like, oh my gosh. And I just see God just planting those seeds of faith while you're in this battle, that healing can happen in your body, in your family's body. So everyone, why don't we stand up? We're just going to sing this chorus again. And I want to encourage you not to look around to people. This is your moment on the hill to take a posture of Jesus, a posture of worship, of exalting Him. Particularly if you're someone here today, you're going through the wilderness, you're going through the battle. You might be like, this is my 10th time in church and I still can't feel the presence of God. Worship anyway. Even still, would you worship? Would you exalt Him? Will you praise Him? So thank you, team. Come on, lift your hands. Let's sing.